Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This week in this episode marks the four-year anniversary of castingacross.com. About four and a half years ago, I decided I wanted to do something a little bit more with my margin time. I wanted to take all that little spare moments that were spread throughout the day and throughout the week and kind of do something creative with them, have something to show for it. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate downtime, that I don't like to read a book that really has no value other than entertainment or maybe watch something dumb on TV or scroll through my phone. I just wanted to have something to show for it. I wanted there to be a little bit of creativity. I wanted there to be something that was almost like a product and that I could share and I could look at and say, well, that was worth a little bit of that spare time. And so I wondered what was I going to do And writing is something I love to do. And as I've mentioned before on this podcast, in my real job, what I do full time, which is in ministry, I have this real burden for precision. I want to get it right. It's the most important thing in the world to me. I think it's the most important thing in the world, period. And so I don't want to mess around. I don't want to infuse too much of me into what I do when I write, whether I'm preaching or whether I'm teaching or whether I'm writing something. And so it seemed like a natural transition, in a sense, to go from doing that nine to five is certainly an understatement, but doing that at work and then doing this kind of in that margin time. And it's something I love. It's something that I enjoy doing. Writing about the quarry, which is the fish, and the culture, which is everything that goes into that. And as I wrote recently, it's a perfect example of the whole being greater than the sum of its parts. And if you fly fished, you get that. You know how that time on the drive to the river is as much fun with the anticipation included, plus the time with your friend and the time with your coffee and whatever you're listening to on the radio. All those things, and then other things that you do on the river, just you know, enjoying your fly rod, enjoying sitting and watching some squirrels chase each other on the side of the uh, stream, enjoying the end of the day drive home, and all of the things that go into it, those things go into the culture, and they're as important as the fish itself. And certainly you could add to that all the things that go on top of it. And 
that was something that I thought, you know, how do I express my appreciation for gear? How do I express my appreciation for some of these places that I've fished? How do I express my appreciation for the people that I've met and have had impacts on me, both in fly fishing, but through fly fishing in other parts of my life? And so that's really where Casting Across came from. And that's really kind of the other subtitle is, you know, the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. So as sort of a retrospective for the last four years, I wanted to talk about those things, the people, places, and things. And the past four years have been influential or ways that they have been profound in my life and how they've probably come through in what I've written in castingacross.com. Hundreds and hundreds of articles, whatever 52 times 3 times 4 is. That's how many there are. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every week without fail. Sometimes they're pretty cheap because it's like a baby being born. So I just take a picture of the baby's foot and say, guess what? I've got another baby. Um, But more often than not, it's a lot of original content. And this last year, as we'll talk about next week, it's been these podcasts. So uh, that being said, people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. So I want to flip that order because honestly, you're putting the first thing first, which in good writing, I don't think you should do that. I think you should put the most important thing last. You want to build up to it. But things, places, people doesn't have that same sort of ring. So I say it the way I say it, but I'm going to go through them in reverse. So first of all is the things. As I sit here in my recording studio slash bedroom, I'm looking at a bamboo fly rod. And I love the thing. It's awesome. I got it when I got um, a master's degree um, almost 10 years ago now. And it was a rod that was custom built for me. It was a rod that I helped design. It was a grip that's been shaped just for my hand. I picked out the insert for the reel seat and the insert for the stripping guide. Uh, All of the little details I helped do. And I think those are things that whether it be an expensive custom bamboo rod or the very first fly rod that you go into a department store and pick out, those details about that piece of equipment are special because that the fly rod, probably more than anything else, whether you're fishing in the fresh, for salt, for trout, for striped bass, whatever it is, the fly rod is your connection to everything you're doing, your cast, your presentation, and the fish eventually. So... Fly rods have been a big part of these last four years. I've been able to cast rods. Some companies have allowed me to fish uh, some awesome fly rods. And that's been so much fun to be able to compare what I have had from maybe 20 years ago and what's out there now that I probably wouldn't go out and buy just because of things being kind of expensive. But then some of the rods that I've been able to keep and the rods I have bought, I've really appreciated seeing some of the minute changes that go from one rod series and year X to the next year and how some of those incremental changes do have perceptible qualities. I'm not saying they're necessarily worth shelling out another thousand dollars, but it's been neat to trace that and to kind of get in the mind of some of these rod builders. Are they looking to make more money? Absolutely. But are they doing it needlessly and are they doing it as a complete you know, ruse and farce by putting out a new fly rod every year. No, they are making advancements and being able to cast some of these rods and casting them not just to fish, but casting them to cast and really trying to compare rod A and rod A2 um, with each other has given me a lot of appreciation for people who, again, a lot of these companies aren't just out to make the rich richer. I mean, a lot of these guys are really just pursuing their labor of love and it happens to be rod building 
And so that's one thing that I've seen, that there's a lot of heart in a lot of the things that go into fly fishing, whether it's a premier thing like a fly rod or whether it is something small, a fly pattern, how a fly tire will tweak and tweak and tweak and, and make small modifications on a fly pattern with the intention of selling that fly, either you know dozens and dozens that he or she has tied him or herself, or selling that pattern to one of the big fly companies. It's really kind of cool to have those conversations with somebody one year and then really not have any contact with them outside of social media for a year and then catch up with them at an outdoor show and see what they've done, the changes that they've made, and then the excitement that they get when that fly gets picked up by a company. It's pretty cool, and it's something small. I mean, literally, it's small. It's a fly. It's 2 or 3 or 4 or $5, but for that person, if they can move thousands of them, then that's a, that's a big deal. And then additionally, being able to be in the workshops, being able to go behind the scenes with some of these companies and really, again, see the heart that goes into the products. So certainly there's a person aspect to that, and there's even a place aspect to it. But I've written about it before, and I'm going to continue to write about it. These, by and large, fly fishing products aren't nameless, faceless things. A lot of times... Even the smallest of pieces of gear have a lot of heart in them, and they have a story. And it's somebody who's really sweated and bled and probably cried. I imagine a lot of these folks, when they take out that first loan, they're crying um, to get this thing in front of you. And when they're at that outdoor show and they're making their sales pitch, especially if it's a consumer show, or even if it's a, a dealer show and they're trying to get it in shops, it's because their livelihood depends on it. This little trinket, this little piece of gear, this little thing that they sewed or that they snapped together or that they assembled, this is the difference between them working in fly fishing and then going back behind a desk doing what they didn't want to do and what put them on the course of trying to make fly fishing products in the first place. So when you pick something up, there's usually a story behind it, and I love telling those stories. Um, and you can go back through, and there might be some pieces of gear that look like minutiae. They look really small, and they look dinky, and they look like, why would you write 600 words and waste internet space on this piece of equipment? Well, there's a story behind it, and there's thought that's behind it. And it's ultimately for them to make a living, but then also for you, the end user. So the things of fly fishing, they still matter. Now, the places. This one, actually, I had spent more time thinking about than the other two. The other two came to me very, very quickly. How has casting across in the last four years exposed me to different places? It was a little bit of a, more of a stretch. Now, I have fished in new places that are, quote-unquote, exotic. Um, I, I've been to, to other places, especially really in the country. I mean, these last four years, with a few international trips, it's been primarily um, local. But that's the crazy thing. Although casting across, I look at the stats and I see who reads and it's all over the country. It is primarily an East Coast thing because I don't live in the West Coast, but I do have a pretty good spread of readership and listenership, listenerhood, whatever you are doing by partaking of this particular medium uh, all across the country and then to a certain degree uh, all over the world. But I have found that that wide audience both in readership and then in social media, the people that follow me, it has led to me making more acquaintances 
locally and fishing in more places locally, places I had no clue existed. I'm one of those people that when I get my fishing license, I sit down and I look at that little booklet they give you with all the special regs and try to figure out, okay, where can I fish? Where can I fish? Have they changed the catch and release stretch? Have they changed the dates? I don't want to get caught poaching, you know, all those things. So I feel like I have a pretty good grip on Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and to a certain degree, Maine, where I can and can't fish. And my mind is blown the last four years as I've made contacts. I've got to meet people who are in the angling trade as well as people who just fish. And the places I've been exposed to, both freshwater and saltwater, bass, trout, um, uh, toothy fish, and then saltwater fish, it's really opened my eyes. I think it's a testament to, again, how the community is an information sharing mechanism. Um, and so it's exposed me to new places. It's put me in places that I've driven over dozens and hundreds of times and didn't even think to stop twice. But with that intel, maybe what would have been shared at the local fly shop or that would have been shared on the message board when that was more popular of a, a thing to do, I'm having the benefits of that because of casting across. People that read say, oh, you live there. Have you tried this? Let's meet up. Let's do this. Or why don't you try it out? I used to live there. Uh, amazing, crazy story real quick. At an outdoor show this last year, um, or it might have been the year before, I, c I can't remember, but somebody said, hey, I used to live right where you live. Now I live out west, and I'm surrounded by trout, but there's one place I never went about half an hour from where you live, and it's the most unassuming spot, but I know this guy who works in fish and wildlife, and he says there's big brook trout there, and nobody fishes it, and you should check it out. I mean, something like that, where the conversation started because I had reviewed a fly rod by this company, and then he said, why don't you go fish in this place? I don't care what fly rod I'm using. I could use a $5 department store fly rod, for goodness sakes, if I can catch brook trout in this spot. I haven't made my way there uh, yet, but it's in my mind when I drive past, I'm considering what would my angle of approach be? How would I hide my car so that no one else would see it? So this remains a secret. But the places, again, it hasn't been the wild, far-off destinations. I really feel like the community that kind of surrounds casting across, which casting across doesn't generate a community unto itself, but casting across, it benefits from being part of a larger community. I never wanted my website, my podcast, anything I do to be its own thing. I want it to augment and to supplement and to enrich what's already out there. And I've been the recipient of that as much as anybody has learned anything about what I've written. All right. So you probably see where this is going, and I'm seeing it as I'm saying it. The real thing behind the things of fly fishing, and the real thing uh, behind the places of fly fishing, is the people of fly fishing. And I feel like I write about this a lot, but I just am so impressed over and over again at the caliber and quality and just the diversity and the interesting nature of the people in the community of fly fishing. And it's the small business owner. It is the reps for the large companies who are probably repping two or three companies in a particular region. And they're doing that because they're not making millions of dollars. Um, it's it's the, the conservationists. It's the people who are working with um, grassroots organizations. It's the other podcasters. It's the other outdoor writers. It's a really fun group of people in the industry. And then, of course, that's a small fraction of who you deal with. The vast majority of people are just 
anglers. They like to go fishing. And the other thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of these people, which again is the majority of fly fishers, that are probably the best fishers out there. They don't have to uh, segment their time into product research and into uh, saving their money because they're probably having to infuse their salary back into their company. So a lot of the people that fish the most and fish the best aren't even in the quote-unquote industry. So the trickle-down for that is this. Don't hesitate to reach out. Reach out to somebody who is quote-unquote, in the industry, or somebody who is in your local trout Unlimited chapter, or the person that you see fishing all the time. You know, those people are going to take your fly fishing, and they're going to, more often than not, more likely than not, they're going to add so much to it. The relationships that you form in this tiny segment of a tiny segment of a tiny segment of our economy and of our outdoor pursuits because I mean fly fishing is a small part of fishing which is a small part of outdoor stuff which is a small part of sporting goods which is itself not the biggest you know money moving machine in in our economy there's not that many of us and so regardless of if you're new into fly fishing or you've been doing it for decades and decades and decades Regardless, if you fish with bargain basement stuff but have a great time or you fish with the top end gear, the experience that you share with those people, with each other, there's a lot more in common because of that experience than there is discrepancy and discontinuity because of those things that quote unquote separate you. And that's the real beauty of fly fishing. I don't think we have the bipartisanship in fly fishing. I don't think that we have the socioeconomic breakdown that we see so many other places in society. I know that there's a lot of initiatives about diversity, particularly as it relates to gender and race and things like that. And I really don't feel prepared to comment on that in in this forum, but I do think that there is a lot of diversity that we see, and again, it's founded upon catching fish, and catching fish in a very particular way, using not the most efficient or even the most effective techniques and gear, but using something that is a challenge that brings us together. It's artistic, and it's literary, and it's something you want to talk about, and not just the fish and chasing the fish, but all those other shared experiences. Like I said at the beginning of this, you know what it's like to wake up wicked early in the morning and get that hot cup of coffee and drive to the stream and those thoughts that are going through your head and the anticipation. I know what that's like. You know what that's like. Everyone knows what that's like. We also know what it's like to catch a fish, and every one of us knows what it's like to miss a fish. And so that's the kind of thing that makes me excited like I can tell you 25 ways to catch a fish with a nymph because I know 25 ways to catch a fish with a nymph am I able to do that in a way that's earth shattering and paradigm shifting probably not and that's why you don't see a lot of those articles on casting across but what I do like doing is bringing us together and bringing us back to those moments that are very common and that are very shared and can make you look forward to fly fishing and in those moments you do the 25 things that somebody who spends all their time nymph fishing tells you to do to catch more fish on nymphs but what i want to do what casting across is all about 
is helping you appreciate the quarry of fly fishing, but appreciating the culture of fly fishing. And oftentimes that means looking a little bit deeper into the people and the places and the things that go into the pursuit of fish. So once again, thank you for listening, but more specifically as it relates to this week at the end of October in 2019, thank you for four years of reading castingacross.com. Thank you for all the comments, all the emails, all of those things. I appreciate them. I get back to every one of them, and I enjoy that interaction. Again, as I said, that has been as enriching for me as I know it has been for those who have been consumers of the website. So thank you. I'm excited about this next year and the future of castingacross.com. This week on the website on castingacross.com, two articles. The first one is called not quite on the first cast. So if you want to see a picture of me when I was, boy, how old was I? I think 15. And I have braces and I have a awesome high crown Zebco hat and a satin Chicago Bears jacket. And I'm holding a very, very dark brown trout. It's my first trout I caught on a fly. Second cast. And uh, I'm very happy. And I know exactly where that was. And I've been there many times since. But uh, it's a little bit of a recap on how I started fly fishing. And then on Wednesday, there's an article called Thank You for Fly Fishing Things. A lot of the content in that kind of inspired what I said in this podcast. But again, it is really a people focus and a thank you on the companies and especially the guides and the conservationists and the small business owners that have been a part of casting across for the last four years. I haven't dropped a lot of names um, just because I have this terrible fear of leaving somebody out. But if you go on the website, you go on social media, I name drop companies that I work with, whose products I use and the people that I appreciate. So it's not that hard to figure out, but check it out. You can go all over the website and social media and and find out exactly who some of those people are. If you are listening, thank you very much. This week's recommendation, something different. I ask for reviews and stuff like that all the time just because it's what you do if you have a podcast. But this week's recommendation is a request, and I won't do this very much, but if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with somebody. If you enjoy the website and or even just one article, please share that with somebody. Share it on your message board. Share that on your social media. Just share it. Get it out there. Again, I like the views. I mean, it's a lot of fun to see that a lot of people read something that I've written. Uh, That's really cool. But at the same time, I want this to go out and I want other people to appreciate it. I know it's not for everybody. I know some people want high action video content. I know that some people do want that, you know, 44 different ways to turn your dry fly into a fish catching magnet, which is an awesome article. Look for that in the next week or so, I suppose. But I don't know who appreciates casting across style content until it's in front of them. So my recommendation this week, share the content. I would appreciate it and uh, we'll see what comes of it. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.